Hey, this is Chris Baker from Zen Studios and Superhero.vg, and you are listening to the realest dudes on the internet. They're so real, they put it in the name of their podcast, I guess. Welcome to Real Dudes Podcast, the greatest indie gaming podcast of all time, known by everybody, known by all the greatest leaders ever, known by all the greatest people in the gaming industry, known by everyone everywhere. This is Real Dudes Podcast, the greatest podcast of all time, better than Serial, better than This American Life, better than Life. And I got Carrington with me. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you should have seen me here. Like, I've been trying to like hold in. Like, how, do I respond? Do I not respond? I'm just gonna <laughs> let it keep going, see where this goes. It it is the best podcast ever. I agree wholeheartedly 100 <laughs> percent Eight out of ten doctors also agree. Eight out of ten doctors. Mm-hmm. Is there a podcast that is known to be recommended by 10 out of 10 doctors? No. Okay, so we're good. We're, I mean, that's 80%. That's a B in my book. That is. And we are at 40% for participation on our show today because it is just you and I, no Andrew, no Donovan, no Cody. Unfortunately, Cody has pretty much lost his voice right now. Uh, I know Donovan is in bed because we're recording this at 10 p.m. Donovan is definitely in bed, and Andrew has been busy working two jobs. That is a lot of work. Too much work for this guy. But we have got a pretty decent show laid out for you, wonderful listeners. We're uh, still stacked. We're still stacked on stacked on stacked on stack. Uh, we have got the review of Descenders by Rage Squid and No More Robots. And after that, we go into a little bit of news, talking about uh, the Nintendo Direct on indie games, um, No Man's Sky's post-update discussion, and a little announcement about a certain creepy game that is getting a sequel, plus... Uh, uh, some news regarding Game Informer that we just wanted to address and send off our condolences to people a part of that news situation. Finally, we talk about uh, what drives us to play video games, as particularly indie video games as well. We'll touch that, touch on that. But to get the show kicked off, let's go into our game review. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> All right, Carrington. So I just found out that you're playing this game called Descenders. Yes. <laughs> Published by No More Robots, developed by Rage Squid. Uh, fill me in here. What What is Descenders? What are you playing it on? And uh, I guess how we'll, we'll start with those two. Okay. First of all, I've been playing it on my Xbox One. It's available for Windows as well. And then there is there was an announcement it's also coming to Switch. So I can't remember if it's available for PS4 or not, but I know for those three platforms it's been absolutely confirmed. Nice. So Kyle, Descenders, I'm going to take you back to, I'll say 10-year-old Kyle. You know, late 90s, early 2000s, that, that era, that little little window. There are things on the television that are booming. There's you've got BMX, you've got skateboards, rollerblades. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking the X Games, right? Extreme cool stuff. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. Descenders takes me back to those games. So Descenders is an action biking game, cycling or cycling. Sorry, cycling game. So you basically start at the top of a hill and you work your way down the hill. Simple enough, right? Wrong, good <laughs> sir. So each hill is actually randomly generated. And also the goal for each uh, hill 
is also randomly chosen for you. Now the goals are it's just like it's a small pool of goals usually, but so what's the point of the each goal and everything? So this is how the game is set up. Each map has a boss hill you must defeat. Hmm. And to get there, you have to take like a tree. Um, uh, not a tree, like a decision tree. That's what I'm trying to get at. So there's all these different courses that you see on this map. And you'll see a skull on up there. And that's the boss hill that you have to take down. And you have to get there before it becomes nighttime. So you can't explore too much. But some exploration is encouraged. And then once you defeat the boss hill, you go on to the next map. And there are four maps in total. And on top of that, you start off with three lives. So if you bail three times, you got to start from the beginning. So I guess in a way, you could call it a roguelite game in a way, which is kind of weird to say. Because like I said, each hill is randomly generated. And as you're going down these hills, sometimes um, you'll be put in another session i guess with other players that are also on the same randomly generated hill as you are doing their thing and you might see them on your way to the boss so this boss hill that you speak of i mean what makes it a boss hill like what makes it different from the rest of the game of going downhill so your normal hill will have curves jumps obstacles things like that and the and like I said, it gives you that that random goal, and that those random goals are sometimes super hard, like getting two near misses. It, those those are really hard, or sometimes it's really easy, like uh, what's an easy one? Just basically like half four seconds of air. That's an easy okay. one. The boss jump will give you some sort of epic jump that you must complete and do. So normally there are there aren't a whole lot of curves or anything like that, but it's still randomly generated. Like I remember the first couple times going through that first map, that it's different each time you play the boss hill. And the boss hill, that, I'll just say for the example, the the first map, the boss hill is jumping over a train and landing on the other side. Huh. It's and it's an epic, epic jump so it gives you i'm assuming if you complete this jump it gives you that um incredible sense of completion uh when you have completed it like it it gives you like that feel-good moment oh yeah for sure especially because uh like i said this really takes me back to the good days of early extreme sports and video games uh because this game's not easy so there are tricks you can do as well and they are not easy to pull off. Um, and pulling off tricks is also very, very satisfying. Satisfying as well as doing tricks during the boss jump and mm-hmm. landing them. Does it... You mentioning you know early action sport games. Uh, obviously, I think the first Tony Hawk came out in 99. I, wonder, I think it was right around then. Yeah, I believe you're right. Um, and some of the more memorable levels in those games are the downhill jams where you're racing downhill, doing tricks and stuff. Yeah. Does this, I mean, you playing this, is, is, is that what you were recalling, recalling to mind? Um, those particular levels, does this game kind of hit on those levels? Like, could you see inspiration pulled off of that, uh, from those older games and those downhill jams? I can see a little bit of it for sure. And of course it's been updated and modernized and it really hones in on that. You know, you're going down a hill and at each map you go, you progress through, they get harder and harder. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, and um, if you defeat a map four times, then you can automatically go there instead of having to go through all these basically hoops to get to the next map which is nice oh that is nice a little like kind of like a fast travel yeah yeah exactly okay. and 
yeah, it, like I said, it really reminds me of those days because um, it's not like a free roaming. When I say you have a map, it's not free roaming. You, it gives you the map with all these bunch of like dots on the map, and then you can move throughout the map itself. So point A to point B. Yeah. Is there a a multiplayer in the game? Are, you mentioned that there are other players that you kind of come across. Are you challenging against them, or are they just kind of in the environment? Uh, they're just kind of in the environment. There's also like a hub world, and you can see players like practicing tricks and stuff in the hub world as well. Mm-hmm. From what I could tell, I couldn't speak to them because I I was I didn't have my headset on. I tried to speak to people. They never responded back. But tis the life in the console world. If this was if I played on PC, I would have a I would have I guess people would probably respond. Um, that's just usually my experience between yeah. PC and console. Um, you can also do it with your friends. So there is co-op as well. So you and four other friends, or three other friends, four total, can can go through the map and and try and do the boss, the boss hill. It's pretty cool. Is there I guess so playing through Descenders. Mm-hmm. and experiencing it what were the to you what were the personal highlights of the game and then what were the things that you think could have been improved on in the game to make your experience more enjoyable okay so um i like i said i feel like they really nailed down the feel of like classic action sports gaming uh it was a lot of fun i don't i don't want to put it down and Especially when it's a show, social game like that, I have a hard time playing by myself. But I didn't have any problems, you know, just hopping in and just going through. I pay. I played and unlocked the first two maps, so the first three um, courses or maps, really, mm-hmm. uh, uh, probably within three or four hours. I could probably get. I can unlock that last one. Uh, probably pretty easily at this point as well if I had the time for it. Um, so it's not a long game. I, so I, that is one of my drawbacks to it. Once you're done with those maps and unlocking them, there really isn't much to do, honestly, except if you wanted to do it with friends or something or, or try and get better at some of the maps. Like there's, But there is no incentive for you to go back and play them either. Mm-hmm. So that is, I will say that is like the biggest drawback to the game itself. And like I said, the social aspect, I don't know because it's, it looks like it's there, but if people aren't responding, that's on them, not the creators or the developers, but just in my experience, just no one was responding or anything. I'm just like, I I feel like the game wants you to be social, but it's not working. Well, I could definitely see that being a drawback to the game. But mm-hmm. I mean, since you had mentioned action sports, throwback to early ni- or late nineties uh, uh, action sport games like that, kind of hooked me in immediately because you know, those Tony Hawk games. Uh, there's a Dave Mir and a Matt Hoffman game as well. Like mm-hmm. those all mm-hmm. had my attention when they released, and and I I played a lot of them. So this is definitely a game that I will be checking out. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And um, you'd also love the music. The music is fantastic it's glorious and is then, it original music or is it tracked yeah. like from it's, they are tracks from artists that's so it's, that's licensed music but they're all mm-hmm. indie music people cool. uh, artists and they're all it's mostly like trap music and stuff but it was still like really well done that's pretty cool yeah i like that and there is some customization maybe that's a reason why to go back there's you can unlock some custom options for your character as you go through. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So Descenders by uh, developed by Rage Squid. Carrington, what would you rate this game? I would probably rate this a solid 7.5 out of 10. Nice. So uh, that is uh, available on Xbox One. Looks like it's also available on Steam. And mm-hmm. uh, you said these... Coming to Switch. Yeah. It's okay. not out yet, but it's coming to Switch. Very cool. Very cool. All right. uh, Before we get into the news, enjoy these ads. Have you ever been reading through a stack of comics and thought, 
Maybe I should see what the Sarkham Asylum game is all about. Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage since you didn't know who half the characters were. Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode we take a look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how all these games work, or you know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Remember that feeling of playing an ultra-hard video game and dying? Over. And over. And over. Ah! Yeah. So do we. Listen to the Controller Throwers podcast on iTunes and Google Play. And check out the live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time at twitch.tv slash tcthrowers. The Controller Throwers. Pressing start since 1985. Welcome back to Real Dudes Podcast. This is the news segment where we are going to discuss some of the things uh, that were uh, brought to our attention throughout the week. And first on the list, this little known company uh, that does things in the video game industry. I don't know if you've heard of them, Carrington, but they're called Nintendo. Nope. Never heard of them. Well, they did this thing um, back on the 19th mm-hmm. that showcased some new uh, indie games. Which and... I thought was uh, interesting because they called it a Nintendo Indie Lab Direct, but not a Nintendo Nindy Direct. So it's, it's a, a little uh, different, mm-hmm. per se. Um, that's that's the thing that I absolutely am loving about Nintendo is that they are just giving it their all for the little man. For like, sure. And... It's just incredible thing to see. Like they know, I feel like they're getting to know the Switch more and more. Like, hey, yeah, it's great. We we got Zelda, we got Mario, we got all these first party games. But also, we're a great house for indie developers. Come, come join mm-hmm. us. Yes. So uh, there were a lot of games announced. Yes. Um, I, I guess we don't have to go through all of them. But maybe some of the ones that you are personally excited for. Is there anything sure. in this list, uh, which is a a, uh, a huge list, that you are looking forward to uh, playing on the Nintendo Switch? Yes. So first, let me just say, within 30 minutes, 29 games were shown. So there was a lot, a lot to go through. So some highlights that I thought that um should be addressed um one was called roki it reminds me a mm-hmm. lot of rhyme a whole lot i don't know what it's about but it does look really cool it's got kind of like that cell shaded look a uh, single character going through some sort of a tale story yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm excited for roki um skater xl uh, apparently oh, it's already out yeah. on PC, Steam. but it's coming to Switch. Yeah. Yep. So I was excited and surprised to see that. Can't wait to s- that's coming out sometime next year. Uh pop up pop, 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 I have to write down everything. Um What the golf looks like a ton of fun. I imagine a golf story mixed with uh goat simulator. That's what it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. So just, just the the fact, just so from what I saw, there was a person golfing. You know, they swung, but mm-hmm. instead of them hitting the ball, the person flew forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, I gotta, I gotta play bonkers. that. Yeah. Yes, I'm like, I gotta play that. Yeah. Um, gosh, uh, as also hypercharged unboxed from Digital Cyber Cherries, uh, which is coming out this winter. Uh, it looked like a. You remember those plastic army men games? Yes. That's what this looks like. And I'm like, those games I, are a lot of fun. Yeah, those games are fantastic. I'm I'm upset that they're not around anymore. And then of course, Munchkin. Some sort of yes. co-op game is coming out this year. So 
that's based off the board game, right? Yep. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Um, especially since they did Pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, Munchkin, and then uh, there was another board game. I can't remember off the top of my head uh, which one uh, they were planning on putting on, like a digital board game. Uh, but Munchkin looks incredible. I'm excited they're bringing Ori over. Yes, which is huge because it's technically an Xbox exclusive game because it's from Microsoft. Yes. That's, uh, I don't know, it just puts a, a warm feeling in my belly. That's coming out soon in just a few weeks. Yep. Risk of Rain 2, which we have talked about on here and played on here, uh, mm-hmm. being able to take that on the go would be so much fun, and it is going to happen. My life is going to be over once that comes to the Switch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm very excited for that. And then I, Which think I was I, surprised uh, real quick. I just want to say mm-hmm. it was announced that it was coming out summer 2019. I'm like, when is it going to come out? Because summer's almost over. It's almost over. It's got to come out now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Skater XL, you'd already mentioned being able to play that on my Switch will be super awesome. And uh, I feel like. <sighs> I know I've been seeing stuff on Instagram and Facebook as far as like promos for it on Steam. Mm-hmm. But man, I don't know if I want to play that game on PC. I don't know either. Cause when you said, Hey, Skater XL's out on Steam, I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize it. But I'm like, I could play it now or wait for the Switch. Yeah. Which I guess you'd be able to play with the controller anyway. It's just, yeah. You know, those type of games the tony ox and stuff just being able to play with a controller is i feel the appropriate way to play those games agreed and even though super hot is a older game and i've played it through on xbox it's coming on switch and it should be played again on switch because that game is so good that game's great i got to play that in vr at one of those like oh, vr man. cafes or vr just we have a place around the corner from here it's just it's got like uh, like nine rooms with a PC and VR in it. Mm-hmm. I played super hot for my entire entire hour PlayStation. That's awesome. Yeah, it's the game great. is so good. It's so good. And so it's a different good. game on VR than on console, but because uh, I've played it through Xbox as well, but that game's so good. Yeah, just another reason to play it now. It's on Switch. It's true. Today, it's, it's already out. It is available now so turn this off and go play i'm just kidding i was about to say oh (laughs) wait we got more stuff (laughs) all right uh mm, let's talk about little nightmares too okay i was i thought of you uh, when i saw this announcement because you have played it yes i've played it to completion not little nightmares too the first one Right, right 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 let's be fair yeah I yeah, the first one is super good and it came out after Inside and it yes. gave you more uh, you know, Inside is such a short game. You can play it through so many times. And it's still great, but Little Nightmares kind of gives you the same feeling that Inside gave you. As far as it being kind of dark and ghoulish and creepy uh, platform. Uh, but it's also a little longer than Inside. And I had so much fun playing Little Nightmare that uh, when I heard Little Nightmares 2 is releasing in 2020 on all platforms, I kind of shrieked out loud to myself. <laughs> uh, I'm just imagining you- Kyle, you at work in the middle of surgery. And then it somehow yeah. you're just hearing about it, yeah. you felt it like through the force and just start screaming. <laughs> <laughs> did you get a chance to see the trailer? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. And it looks, it looks, oh gosh, it looks great. So cool. And it looks like it's going to have some kind of co-op aspect to it. Almost like how uh, Unraveled had. Mm-hmm. Unraveled 2. Yes. Because um, uh, looks like there were two characters on the screen and it's set. So the first game was kind of set inside of this 
dungeon-esque mansion type place, but this looks like it's more outside in mm-hmm. this like uh, run-down, uh, dilap- dilapidated city. Mm-hmm. Just I don't know. It looks really cool. And the art in that game is it's oh top notch. It's yeah, absolutely top notch. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. Just excited. I, I don't have a whole lot of words to say. I just I wish everybody could see my facial expressions and feel the the vibes that I feel when I hear this game's coming out and they've made a sequel to it. Twenty twenty. Not that far off at this point. Now Carrington. Yes. Over the last week, and uh, yeah, I guess it's over the last week, uh, No Man's Sky had an update with yes. some DLC, with some mm-hmm. alien milking, which we've talked about in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. It is now out. You've mm-hmm. played with some friends. Tell me your experience with it, and uh, if you recommend other people jump into the game now and play it. Like, Is there anything in this update that impresses you and uh, that you enjoy? So I will say I have played this both on Xbox and PC because I went on those two platforms, the new update. Um, Would I recommend people to go play it if they haven't played it yet? Absolutely. I don't know how they keep doing it even. So with my Xbox, I don't have a One X. They somehow improved the visuals. Oh, nice. I'm like, I don't know how they got how they did it because they keep doing it uh the game also looks gorgeous on pc if you have a pc um but this game there's just so much there and it's so enticing um i feel like i don't know i i know i haven't discovered everything that's in the game for me to discover as far as these updates are concerned i still haven't gotten a chance to milk an alien but it will happen i'm streaming no man's sky at least once a week so you know watch out for those and I have been playing with Cody a little bit recently as well, because like I said, he's been sick. So he hasn't we 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 don't talk much because he lost his voice, but we still have fun and stuff. And having a friend to just mess around for five, ten minutes and then just kind of going your way, but still be in the same session, mm-hmm. it's still really nice. Cause the crazy thing is, let's say if you and me are playing together, Kyle, you could be off in a completely different galaxy. And far, but far we're away. still far, far away, but we're still in like the same play session. So the game doesn't limit you in any sort of way if you're playing together, which I think is is great. It's fantastic. And at the same time, so it doesn't force you to, you know, like be with your friends or anything. Like if you wanted to explore anything on your own, you are more than welcome to do that. So let's get to the nitty gritty. Have you milked an alien yet not yet but it's going to happen i want you to announce on this podcast when it happens oh when it happens you're not gonna get a normal hey 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 from me when i introduce myself it's gonna be like hey 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 (laughs) i haven't we'll we'll see what happens but you'll know (laughs) you'll feel it you'll feel it okay all right we'll keep this We'll we'll keep this in mind for a future episode. Uh, on sad news, over the last week, seven members of the Game Informer staff have been laid off. It still hurts thinking about it. It hasn't even been a week old yet. It is awful. I mean... I, it's, I'm still speechless about it. I'm still absolutely speechless about it. So I was telling this to like friends and family and stuff. There are certain gaming news outlets I would have never expected layoffs from. Mm-hmm. Game Informer, IGN, and like GameSpot. Like those mm-hmm. have lasted through the test of time. They're still around. I don't. The only two I still read up on are Game Informer and IGN. I I layoffs are the farthest thing off my mind when I when I think of those companies. Right. And when I originally found out, I had heard that three three members of the staff had been laid off. Mm-hmm. And then come to find out later in the evening, four others had been laid off. 
Mm-hmm. And it's <laughs> I don't really know how to describe it. I can't even imagine the people that work there, like that still work there, you know, how they feel. Cause that group of individuals are so close, like they're family to each other. Mm-hmm. And I may have not read Game Informer like my whole life, but I definitely click with their YouTube community and the videos that they put out for the podcast, uh, the replay that they put out uh, every week. And a lot of the staff that have been laid off rotate on those shows. Mm-hmm. So knowing that, you know, there's seven individuals that played a big role, uh, on, you know, <laughs> I don't know, on their podcasts, on their videos, on their, and just everything. And they're in the magazine too. It's just, I don't know. It's sad. It's, really sad and I just and I think what it, surprises me the most is someone like Matt Burtz that got let go who's been there forever forever much longer than everyone else that got laid off not to say like that you know doesn't like that means more of anything but someone that was just been there just goes to show you like no matter who you are how long you've been at a company or anything like you're still not you're still not safe from something like this from happening when, when that, whenever that decision decides to come through yeah, for whatever reason. Yeah. That, uh, I don't know. It leaves you with a hole in your stomach. Yes. Just kind of like this empty pit. And I mean, we haven't, we've had a few of the staff on, Mm-hmm. to chat with, including uh, Kyle Hilliard, who came on to chat with us. And he was one of the people that were laid off. And, you know, he's a family man. Like, he's, mm-hmm. he's you know, works full time. He's got a kid. He's got a wife. It's just. And what e- what sucks even more about the entire thing, Matt Burtz was on vacation when he found out he was yes. let go. And J.V. Gwaltney was on assignment in Germany when he found out he got like And I'm like, holy crap. Like, what? Do you not have time that better? (laughs) Exactly. He is. uh, Like, that just. How? How? So I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. Yeah. So the staff that that had been like, oh, was Elise Favis, Kyle Hilliard, uh, Imran Khan. Jeff Marquefava, Ciro Vasquez, uh, Matt Burtz, and JB Gwaltney. Which, like I said, if you watch their YouTube channel, if I mean, if you read the magazine, you know these people, their names are in a lot of the articles that are written out. And it's just a sad situation. Yeah. Uh, never... I, we haven't really... You know, I had a chance to talk to the other individuals that are part of the staff, but you know, when we went to Game Informer's uh, 300 issue release party, uh, we had the privilege of going to the Game Informer office and getting a tour, you know, of what they do there and stuff. And Serial was one of the people that took us there to do it, and he was just such a pleasant dude. So, I don't know. Hopefully. And I won't be surprised, but hopefully um, these seven incredible people can find a job within the industry because they belong there. Their faces mm-hmm. belong in the gaming industry. And I will say, because this is very, very recent as of Friday, Imran was able to get a job at Kind of Funny Games. So Greg Miller gave him a job over there. Wow. Yeah. So at least, so one of the seven was able to find a new job already. So I'm hoping the other six can, can land on their feet as well soon. Yeah. Yes. Best wishes to all of them. Carrington. Yes, sir. What drives you to play video games? (laughs) 
You can give us a history lesson, or you can just give us a straight answer. It doesn't matter. This is our off topic. What drives us to play video games? That's That's a very, very good question. Uh, So, as I've mentioned on the show several times, I've been playing games since I was two years old. Um, I find that the ability to connect and share and have these memories, whether you're by yourself or with other people, it doesn't matter, is a powerful, powerful thing. And I feel like whether the game itself, you know, over, over time, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to have a deep storyline. It doesn't, it, it just depends on what you put into it as a person. It depends on what you're going to get out of it. And I find that that relationship between gamer and game absolutely incredible and fascinating. But what drives me to play video games is just that that fun. Like there are certain things in life that you don't have control of. And that even includes the entertainment that you decide to consume. But video games give you the actual control whether and it doesn't matter if uh if the game gives you like a million choices or just one choice you're still in control and experiencing something that you're seeing on the screen that you're not going to get with other medias and and types of entertainment you know take a movie for example the movie shot and directed written acted edited etc etc already by the time you're consuming it with a video game yeah sure it's been programmed uh already by the time it's in your hands but at the same time you're taking control of the character if you want to move forward you can move forward if you want to move backwards you can move backwards left right it, it doesn't matter like you were given that type of freedom no bit matter how big or how small and I, I find that i find that just makes it better as opposed to other types of media mm-hmm. and over the years seeing the technology Uh, improve and the stories improve and just franchises improving over the years is what keeps me coming back um so mario was the first game i played as a kid you know at two years old and i still remember playing super mario brothers maybe i wasn't i don't remember being two but i still remember playing super mario brothers i still have very fond memories of playing the original mario brothers and today the most recent main entry of mario is, is mario odyssey and just to see what Mario has become and what has transpired over the years, it's been a, such a super, super fun ride. And I still can't wait to see what Nintendo does with the next Mario. And even then, I still play Odyssey to this day because of how great and how incredible that game is. Mm-hmm. I also go back and play the original Super Mario Brothers because of how great and how fantastic it is. So it's just that connection that I've I've had with Mario over the years that still keeps me coming back. and. It's just exciting to see. So, two questions. One, would you say that video games is the most immersive form of entertainment? Yes. And I also think, in a way, we excuse the uncanny valley with video games only because we know everything is, you know, digital. You know, Mm -hmm. no matter, things may look a little off, like in the case with L.A. Noir. But still, you kind of excuse it because it's still a video game. When you see that uncanny valley in a movie, let's say Star Wars Rogue One, for example, there were two characters that were completely CGI, but they were trying to make to look human. But they almost, but be like Princess Leia, for example, she mm-hmm. looks kind of creepy, but you can't figure out why. And it's because you CGI. know she's not It's because it's CGI. Yeah. It's because you know she's not real, but she, your brain is telling you two different things. But with a video yeah. game, I feel like you don't get, get that. that feeling as much. You kind of excuse it. No. Second question. Uh, it sounded like you were pretty obsessed with Mario mm-hmm. between Odyssey and original Super Mario Brothers. I didn't hear anything about Sonic, so we're just going to go ahead and No, no, no. no Sonic's that. still the better one. <laughs> No, I still love Sonic because I love to go fast. And that was my original like thing. Like I always like to run fast when I was a little kid. I just want to go fast. I still love going fast. And that was that's why I'm like, man, here's this character that I see that's his entire shtick is going fast. And that's why I love Sonic. So you're not saying that Mario is better than Sonic? I'm saying Sonic is better than Mario. 
and the Sonic like, movie would be better than the Mario movie. Boom! We we could have gone this entire episode, and I could have not mentioned Sonic, and you would have never realized it. I will but, say, I, I, I did make a subconscious decision to probably just not mention Sonic, and I don't know why, because I prefer Sonic. I have a Sonic hat, and it's laying right next to me. Hmm. Doesn't sound like you love Sonic more than Mario. No, no, that's not true. Okay. Not true. Okay. What about you, Kyle? What drives you to play video games? Depression. Really? No, just kidding. <laughs> okay, we can go that route if you want to. <laughs> no. Um, I, there's a couple things that kind of drives me to play. So, I've you know, I've, I've never been the kind of person that's like just randomly picked up video games. Like, they've always been a part mm-hmm. of my life. Mm-hmm. Same as you. Always been a part of my life. Um... Let me ask this question real oh. quick before you go on. Okay. Because I find it in my case, especially, and I, I, I want to see if it's true in yours. Because I've been playing games since I said it was two years old, only because my dad was a gamer. Did your dad play games and just kind of have things around the house as well? Um, yes and no. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would play... He would he would play some games, um, but it was never like the sit down in front of the TV and play till midnight type of thing. He would play uh, some racing games and um, he bought us our PlayStation. And then I remember one time we were out of town, North Carolina, visiting some friends and he went out to GameStop and bought me an Xbox 360. He didn't ever play it, but he just he got that for me and he got me um, Oblivion. Nice. From our first game, which is like such yeah. an incredible game to go into to a next generation console. Yeah, that was a really good game to introduce that generation. So I guess what I'm getting at is, did he play games before you were born? I would say yes. Okay. Uh, I know that he played like arcade games mm-hmm. at the arcade. Um, I know that we also had like an Atari 2600. Whoa. I very, very vaguely remember that. I do being set up in my parents' bedroom okay. uh, when I was so young. Like, I don't remember how old I was, but that memory is before playing the, the Nintendo like Rampage and Zelda in our mm-hmm. living room. Okay. Uh, which he had Pitfall and Pong on the Atari. Super classics. Yeah. Um, But I guess what what drives me to play games is the fact that gosh, it's just like I'm a druggie. <laughs> it's it's an es- escape from the real world. Yeah. So yeah, I go to work, come home, hang out with the family, do adult things, mm-hmm. clean the house, do responsibility i don't know responsibilities this playing video games is your way of like disconnecting yourself from reality to putting yourself into something that you could never do so i want to you know be a professional race car driver i would love to do that in real life well Mm -hmm. the cards played out that's not what i'm doing in real life but gotta go fast you know with with forza and gran turismo you have options like mm-hmm. you can get your dream car and race around in it and have fun. You can, <laughs> you can be a wood elf and go do quests and go travel like these extravagant, like mountainside cities. And I don't know, kill dragons and stuff. Like it's super cool stuff that you can never do, uh, in real life. And, uh, I just think, you know, when there's a game that you're really looking forward to releasing and you start it up for the first time and it just hooks you and you get lost in it and you spend that time playing it, it's it's a good pastime and it is an experience. Uh, like, for instance, reading a book. I don't read books. I hate reading books, but I understand getting lost in a book. I understand sitting there and reading it 
and your mind is not focused on anything else but that book and that story. That's the same mm-hmm. thing that games does to me. That nothing else. I'm not thinking about anything else but what's in front of me right there and uh, how to progress through the game. And and the sense of completing a game, that completion, that sense of completion is incredible too, which I could connect that mm-hmm. with skateboarding or snowboarding because um, for instance, say like you're trying to do this trick and you're trying to land it. It's challenging and you're, you're getting worked and you're just you're getting closer and closer to landing it and once you land it you just have this exhilarating feeling of just completion it's just i did it and that's the same thing with games like you're fighting a boss you're trying to race through this level at a record breaking time you're trying to beat this f- pro football team uh to progress through your career once you do it it's just this great feeling of completion, which a lot of other things in life you don't get that from. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's why I play games. Yeah, that's true. And would you say, because I'm sure you and I probably agree on this sentiment. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably also agree with this as well. Just, you know, some people might read, like you said, read books or, you know, watch movies or a TV show when they're trying to wind down, so to speak, and kind of maybe de-stress and and kind of just turn your brain off, so to speak. Yeah. Would you say video games also give you that that sense of just, hey, I, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I choose to spend my time to relax as opposed yes. to watching a movie or, or a TV show or whatever. Yes, I'd much rather play a game than watch well, I can't say that now because over right. the last few weeks I have been laying on the couch watching Netflix before bed. But I do think that it is a great way to relax. Mm-hmm. I think there are games that can stimulate the brain and yeah. cause you to not go to sleep, cause you to say one more game. But I do think that there are games out there that allow you to relax, allow you to turn your brain off. You don't have to do a whole lot of thinking. You just move the controller in certain ways and whatever your objective on the, on the screen is eventually you get there. I, it's very much like it, it's like TV as well. Like I can throw in the office and not have to think about it and just watch it. And it's mm-hmm. relaxing. Whereas if you put on some kind of documentary, you got to follow it and all this stuff. Um, games definitely fit into that area of shut your brain off and just chill for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And there are also ones that you can, I don't know, I guess, make you think and push you towards being a better person as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but I will say to, because uh, I was just thinking about this as well, like let's say like movies, for example, even though the technology has progressed, I feel like the, maybe the writing and the directing, not very many people are pushing that industry forward. So a lot of the movies the way they're written and and directed and things like that, they've pretty much stayed the same for at least since I've been alive. Once you go back and, you know, start watching movies over and over and over again. Yep. Video games, on the other hand, have changed so much since the the time we were kids till now, not just, not just say, Oh, Hey, the graphics are better, but just the way they're made, the way they're written and the way the stories are told and everything. So not, so the industry is still growing and and progressing right now, right for our our eyes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's then I it's gonna keep progressing. I don't think we're ever gonna see an end to it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. What drives you to play indie games? Now, this is an interesting question when you put this on here, and I'm like, that's one I really have to think about. Only because when I grew up, I I didn't care about who made the game, if that makes sense. Just as long as it was, as long just as long as I liked it for whatever reason, whether it's mm-hmm you know, Mario, um, you know, jumping up and down and, and killing Goombas or, or Sonic going fast. Mm-hmm. Um, just through the years, I just didn't really pay attention to that kind of stuff and didn't really think about it. So when we decided to do this show, um, by this time, I'm 
six, I think. And I've always, from the time I was about 18 and 19, realized I love supporting local businesses. I love supporting the little guys. So that includes indie games. And when I realized, when we started doing the show and started, hey, we're going to become an indie gaming podcast, I was like, the more I, I think about it, any games have had a huge impact in my life over the years, and I didn't even know it. And there will be times where like, maybe like you or Cody or Andrew will mention a certain game, and I'm like, oh, I've played it or I've heard it, or mm-hmm. I know about it, or I know that developer because I've played their previous projects. And it's just weird to see like, every time that happens, the more I realize indie games have had a huge impact in the gaming industry, whether people realize it or not. But at least for me personally, I guess. Because they are able to do things that the big AAA titles cannot, only because they're not constrained. They don't have to adhere to you know uh, shareholders as well as uh, fans at the same time. Whereas an, an indie developer, if they don't have a name attached to them just yet, they don't have the reputation just yet. So they they're, they take more risks, and sometimes those risks pay off, and sometimes they don't. But that's something that the developer themselves they don't care about because they just have a passion for making games, and you can tell. And it's just that that love for games when someone has that love for a project, which you can tell um, when people are on the show, whether they're veterans or they're they're rookies coming out the gate trying to make their first game. They just have this certain passion about them. Uh, that makes you want to maybe even make your own game or yeah. play their project because you just see and can, you can feel that, that their compassion for them. Yeah, I I've very much agree with everything you just said. It's I think it's a tale of the underdog where these companies, these these individuals, um, they have this passion about them to make the best game that they can, and while um, we might get some that aren't that great. We get some that are just absolutely incredible that you could potentially say could change your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, not like, sure. uh, yeah, not something crazy, but like, you know, make you have a, a different outlook on life, make mm-hmm. you feel a way that you've never felt before. Um, these games have so much love packed into them that you don't get that same feeling when you're playing other games. Um, yeah, you know, you you play your your Uncharted, um, your your Maddens, your Fifas, all these other games. Yeah, they are incredible games. But just the f- feeling you get when you think of like just a few people made Cuphead, just a yeah. few people made West of Loathing. Mm-hmm. That means so much more that that those games were made with less individuals, made with more determination and more and. I I enjoy those games more than I do these bigger games. They just they leave more impression on me. And it's nice to see, hey, there's this company that made this game years ago. But they're on like their third project now and and they're getting noticed more and more by the community mm-hmm. and they're getting what they deserve. Like they're getting their awards, they're getting their recognition. It's just I don't know, there's something about that underdog tale that is exhilarating to watch. And I will say too, because I think one thing, if if you're a fan of this show, you've noticed that if you can talk about a very emotional topic in your indie games that resonates with us the most, uh, and indie games certainly have that power and that I don't think the, uh, there are some AAA titles that do that, mm-hmm. but I think oh, an indie yeah. game will, will do it a lot better. And you were telling me about a game you were playing recently, Kyle, and that hammers in on the depression so much. You'll see it as yeah. you play through it. But it, when a game does something like that, it, it really makes a much more emotional impact. Um, 
an indie game has not made me cry yet, but two AAA titles have. But that's not to say that those were franchises, though, not like an individual yeah. game. Um, yes, I've cried from an indie game. <laughs> it was but, on this show that, that we played, wasn't it? Yeah, it's... Uh, oh, it was What Remains of Edith Finch. Yeah, it was. Um, shoot. There's something you said that I was gonna play off of, and I emotion, depression, uh, impact. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like the bigger games in the industry are more focused on special effects, running, gunning, great voice actors, great graphics, and all this stuff. Whereas I feel that these independent developers are more focused on the impact that the game will give you from its story, from its gameplay, from its quirks that other games don't have. I think that that's where those games truly shine is from the creativity uh, behind them, as opposed to the big budget money that goes into special effects graphics mm-hmm. celebrities and all that stuff and i will say just as an example we're not going to get a whole bunch of risks from the triple a uh people as no. much anymore uh, not as me. much as much <laughs> <laughs> um because i was thinking like for example we're about to get halo infinite mm-hmm. and when that franchise started and now gosh now i think it's like 18 years ago now 2001 was when the first yep. one came out. That was a risk for Microsoft and for Bungie. And now with the new one coming out, they've backed themselves into a corner where they've held this standard they have to live up to now. Whereas in any game, even if that. you don't have that, even if you do make this incredible game and decide to make a sequel, I feel like the pressure isn't there as much as opposed to a franchise that's been around uh, for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree with that. Because, like, for example, Jackbox Party Games, there's five of those things. I have all of them because I love them. They're great party games, and I can't wait for the sixth one, which I think comes out this year. And you know what? Those are great games, great to take to parties and stuff, and I don't care because I know they're going to do a fantastic job, and they've they've hit the mark every single time. Mm-hmm. And whenever I, I go to a friend, so I was like, bring your Switch because we're playing Jackbox Party Games. I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. And, and I'll be like, oh yeah, I've got all five. Let's let's do this thing. Whereas opposed to, you know, I, I, your Call of Duty, I guess, where it's been around for years now, and they have, and with this uh, new one about to come out or whatever, they they have to live up to a particular standard. Yep, that's so high and pretty much unrealistic nowadays to even oh, yeah. attain, attain to. Yep, someone's gonna be disappointed by it. And yet it's going to have millions and millions of dollars put into it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And where you, we have these indie games where it, if they, if there is a franchise there, it's still, it's still a fraction, like a very small fraction of what goes into these AAA titles as far as money is concerned. And yep. you can still tell that that love and compassion is still there on number five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever it is. So ending on this, with one word, what drives you to play video games? Im- immersion. I have to think about that one. How about you? Same question, reverse. Uh, I guess immersion. Yeah. Uh, immersion would be the good one because that's describes being separated from reality to the mm-hmm. actual video being mm-hmm. immersed into it. So yeah, that's good. I'm I'm going to go with you on that. One. Okay. I like that. All right. Well, that's it, man. We did it. We did uh, it. Just the two of us, the dynamic duo, K and K did a full episode. Off mic, Air 5. So, you listeners can uh, you can follow us, but before I list off this list of social media networks, tell us what drives you to play video games. You can tell us on Facebook, you can tell us on Instagram, you can tell us on Twitter, but most importantly, 
if you've got a phone and you're listening to us on Anchor, I want you to send us a voice message telling us why, not why you play games, but what, well, I guess, yeah, why you play games, what drives you to play video games. So click on that send voice message button, tell it to us, it gets emailed to us, and we can throw it on the episode and talk about it. But if you don't, you can uh, message us on Facebook, comment on our posts on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Facebook is at Real Dudes Podcast. Instagram is Real Dudes Podcast. And Twitter is Real Dudes underscore pod. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do us a solid favor and leave us that five-star review, baby. And if you made it this far, thank you very much. We appreciate you. We love your faces. And on top of that, big interview coming up. Grand Pooh Bear can't wait. (laughs) 